Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Oh my goodness, I am so excited about this episode today. Y'all, it is a doozy. We have an awesome guest, and I'm just so excited for you. So a friendly reminder to subscribe to the podcast, submit a review, and screenshot that baby, and tag me on Instagram at Stephanie Pletka. This will enter you into a drawing to win a free coffee, and then I'll announce it on next week's episode. All right, back to the show. So we have Nikki Odin in the house. I am so excited. So she is a happy wife and a mom of two. She's founder of Your Ideal Mom Life and host of the Love Your Mom Life podcast. So after leaving her career as a commercial litigator, can you imagine to be a stay-at-home mom and completely losing herself into motherhood? Can I get a witness? Nikki now teaches working moms and mompreneurs how to own their time and crush their goals. And guys, without the mom guilt. Okay, so I'm totally taking notes today. So when I see your posts online, Nikki, it's like you have a camera on my life. You know, (laughs) as a a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, I just love how you teach us how to take back our time and own the day. So, Nikki, tell us a little bit about like your personality and how you became a goal crusher. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Steph. It's so great to be here with you. Just love chatting with you. And it's been quite the journey for me to go from being a, a stay-at-home mom to learning how to not fall on my face every day. I mean, I still fall on my face all the time, but that process of really living on the hot mess express taught me a lot. And that's where I am today and what I want to help other moms with. So like you said, I was a commercial litigator before I became a mom. And that's just a fancy way of saying that I got paid to go to court and represent big companies and argue about money all day long. And although I got paid really well, and I had a great sense of independence doing that, it was a total grind. So by the time I became pregnant with my first child, I was ready for the opposite extreme of just leaving law altogether and becoming a stay-at-home mom. But you can imagine that as a commercial litigator, when we talk about my personality, I'm very type A. I, um, I'm a DISC personality types. I'm a DC, which means that I'm very forward focused. I go for, for goals. I'm very focused on results. Um, but I'm also very analytical, which this is the C part of me. So I can tend to get stuck in my head. And that combination had made me a great lawyer. And I thought it would make me a great stay-at-home mom as well. And <laughs> I was determined to just be like, awesome at it. Um, and then when my daughter was nine months old, I found out I was pregnant with my son. And I freaked out a little because, <laughs> you know, I was just starting to get the hang of it. I was just sort of not crying every day. And then I found out I had to do it all over again, which was a huge blessing. I mean, they're 17 months apart. They're best friends. But you can imagine the very stark difference between what my life was before being a mom to after. And after two years of being home with both kids, you know, covered in bodily fluids that were not mine, 
not having time to shower, not knowing if I brushed my teeth that day. I just realized I had completely lost myself. I didn't know what was mine outside of being mommy and wife. And I was so unhappy. And it was really hard for me to to admit that to people because I didn't want to seem, A, like I didn't love my kids who are my my whole heart. I absolutely adore them. And B, I didn't want to seem ungrateful because my husband was taking care of us. I had gotten to stay home and, and, you know, give up the, the nine to five. And I knew there were women at my old law firm who would kill to be in that position. So it was, it was really tough for me to admit out loud. But once I did, I realized that I I just needed something that was mine. And so I started setting goals and I decided I was going to have a home based business. And through that process of harmonizing, having goals and dreams outside of being mommy and wife and still wanting to be the mom and wife I wanted to be, I had to navigate a lot of messiness, a lot of eating over the sink or in the car, a lot of laundry not getting done, you know, trying to get work done while kids were napping. And eventually that whole process helped me figure out how to not only set goals, but to crush them while you're a mom and you have to take care of these tiny humans who need you without feeling guilty and actually getting stuff done. So that was a very long way to answer your question, but that's how I got here. Wow, that is so exciting. And I totally get it. You know, corporate life, it's like people are patting you on the back or kicking you in the butt, but you know where you stand, right? And then you go home and all of a sudden you're like, I've got to train a kid how to how to go to the bathroom. Like (laughs) I had never done that. I mean, someone else had always done it, right? And then all of a sudden, you're just like, like I'd said before, you're negotiating contracts. And now you're trying to, uh, you know, negotiate a kid uh, to eat green beans under two foot three. And you're like, how did I get here? It's such a stark, (laughs) stark transition. And sometimes in I know in my head, I just had this idealistic, like what it was going to look like. And the kids were going to think I'm so cool and you know all the thing and and it was like madness and chaos trying to get people into target you know when they start crying and you're desperate at nap time to go Mm. buy dinner and this little kid falls to the ground like he's lost all the bones in his body right (laughs) wet noodle (laughs) yeah the wet noodle so yeah you actually have a um, a free guide on let's see it's your ideal mom com slash starter guide mm-hmm. i downloaded it last night it has so many great tips for all things moms you know like um, what they know the moms who are rocking it like those yep. the inside and so the insights there so definitely go to your ideal mom com slash starter guide and check that out so how did you kind of how did you, you know, like, I guess, jump that transition from the kind of the messiness part where you, you call it the hot mess express? <laughs> like, where was that? What was that uh, maybe pendulum or that paradigm shift that cre- that was created in your life where you're like, okay, this is what I need to do? Well, it didn't happen overnight, I'll tell you that. And I now having navigated that for over several years and gotten a grip on it, that's where your ideal mom life was born. I want to help other moms get there faster and give them those shortcuts. But for me, it took a lot of falling on my face. Like I said, it took a lot of feeling like a failure all the time. Like I was always letting somebody down either on my business side or with my family. 
And finally, I learned that it really boils down to getting a grip on your time. And that sounds a lot easier than it is. There's a, there are a lot of nuances with owning your time that you wouldn't think have anything to do with owning your time. So most people think like, okay, I'm going to go get this like adorable planner and I'm going to be <laughs> really regimented about planning out my day. And I think that certainly has its place. When you're a mom, you know that things don't always go according to plan. So there have to be other factors and there have to be other tools that you have in your tool belt for when your kid pukes in the car or somebody gets sick and you have to scrap everything you had for that afternoon, go get them from school or whatever the case may be. You know, you you forget to you forget to defrost the ground beef before Mm. you're about to make meatloaf. Stuff like that. Right. (laughs) Um, So what I what I start off with with women and with moms in particular is is talking about what you want out of life. And most people are like, what? What does that have to do with taking back my time? Like, why do I need to go like dive deep into my soul and figure out what I want out of life? And the answer is because if you don't know, then what does it matter how you spend your time? Let the wind blow mm. you where it may if you don't exactly. know, yeah, right? But if you really want to be intentional, if you want to have a massive impact on the world, you've got to figure out what you want out of life. So that's where we always start. And that's and that's beginning of goal crushing as well. You, you've got to know what you want. And so that can be a lot harder for a lot of moms than it sounds. I, I, I think that sitting down and really getting real with yourself is not something we always take time to do, you know? Absolutely. It's like we have to re-engineer our life. And if we know where we're headed, then we can kind of pull back and, and create the steps. But a lot of times we don't know where we're headed. We mm-hmm. just feel aimless. Like we're just, a, like you said, just kind of a wind, just just blowing in the wind. We don't know where we're going. So that's true. We definitely need a plan of action. I know oftentimes, too, guilt is is a big piece to this puzzle because mm-hmm. we think that we can have it all and we can have it all now. But the thing is, is we can't. We we can have it all, but when you're here, you're not there. And when you're there, you're not here. And so I think we need to give ourselves some grace and some time to go, okay, we're just one person, you know, playing all the roles and wearing all the hats. Mm-hmm. But just like when we're in corporate life and we go into a meeting, we have an agenda, you know, we have an outline, what what, what our plan is, what our goals are. And when we get home, it just seems like sometimes you wake up to, instead of the snooze button, we wake up to a screaming kid, you know, and we already feel like we're on the back nine, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So what are some of your suggestions as to how we even crank up the ideas of where to go, what we want life to feel like? So you've got to start, I say, with the magic wand. So imagine that you were a little girl again, you have a magic wand and you get to wave it and create whatever you want. And so if you had a magic wand, if there was nothing that could hold you back, if we didn't have to talk about reality and being realistic, which I hate those words when it comes to goal setting, but really getting getting like crazy with our imagination. I'm in the set ginormous, humongous goals camp. I, I don't think anything good comes from setting quote unquote realistic goals that you were going to achieve anyway. You, you need to stretch yourself. You need to think of things that give you goosebumps or even maybe make you a little bit nervous and start dreaming and start writing that stuff down. And mm, eventually you're going to, you're going to see a little bit of a pattern between 
all the things that you want to do and they're going to fall under some kind of umbrella for you. And then you can divide them into personal and professional goals. So I think it's really important to take care of your personal goals first. I think that you can probably attest to this too, Steph. Like if, if anything is going wrong in our personal life, it doesn't matter what's going right in our professional life. We're not going to be able to to show up, right? Like if, if you find out one of your kids, you know, gets diagnosed with something, or if your marriage is not doing well, or if someone in, in one of your parents is sick, you can't focus, you can't do any of the things that you could do if, if those things were intact. So you've got to make sure you're taking care of those personal goals, those personal relationships. And look, we can't prevent for the most part, people, you know, parents from, falling ill or eventually passing and that kind of thing. But if our relationships with them are good, we're going to be in a better place emotionally, mentally than we would be if we have regrets. So we're always taking care of those, what I call glass balls, the, the person, your personal <laughs> relationships, your spirituality, you know, your relationship with God, your, your health, all those things are glass balls. And when you drop a glass ball, what happens? It shatters, Right. So you always have to treat those things that way. So I always recommend that you focus on no more than three personal goals for the year and big ones, big, big, big ones. Like let's say, you know, you're a hundred pounds overweight. You want to lose a hundred pounds. That's a big goal, right? We're not going to talk about five pounds or 15 pounds, no, a hundred pounds. And the beauty of setting a huge goal like that is that as you whittle down your daily activities and and get it down to what you're going to be doing every day so that by the end of 365 days, you've reached your goal. Even if you don't actually hit the hundred pounds, maybe you lose 75, maybe you lose 80 and you're, you're so much further than you would have been if, if you'd set a tiny minuscule realistic goal. I really <laughs> I don't like that word when it comes <laughs> yeah. to goal setting. And then same thing on the, on the business side or the professional side, really big goals. And so for me at one point, having a podcast was a huge goal. It felt insurmountable. It felt terrifying and also gave me the goosebumps and made me excited. And when I finally got to that goal, it wasn't just start a podcast. It was be on iTunes new and noteworthy podcast, you know, which is very, very difficult to do. And I didn't hit that goal, but because that was my goal, I ended up launching the podcast and I it got traction. So I, I'm, all about setting huge goals. So step number one is to just dream huge, big, 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 big. Okay, well, I I love this. I love the glass balls. You know, I'm personally, I'm just gonna say, I think men have it much easier because they compartmentalize everything. Mm-hmm. And we just take it all with us. The, the yeah. luggage is huge. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then when those glass balls fall, you know, it's a mess. And there's just so many levels to that, right? So, man, women, my hat's off to you guys that are however you became a mom, you know. So I've got a question for you. So some days I'm all over the place. How do I determine what is a goal versus just another item on the to-do list? Okay. So because you have already done this exercise in which you have identified what your big, huge, hairy, audacious goals are, right? You've already done that. (laughs) So you can see for the year, okay, this is where I want to be at the end of this year. And then you're going to take a step back and think, okay, so what do I need to do every month so that if I do it every month at the end of 12 months, I hit the goal. And that oftentimes is going to be another goal as well. It'll be like a sort of goal-ish like a smaller goal, like a subset goal. Um, So for example, if the goal is to lose a hundred pounds, it's 
my maybe my monthly goal is to lose seven and a half, eight pounds a month. I don't know if I'm doing the math there right. Somebody out there will correct me. Is it eight, <laughs> nine pounds? I don't know. I'm not an accountant. Um, but then from there, this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where you can identify in the day to day whether you're going towards the goal or you're just putting out a fire and dealing with something urgent that's not going to get you to where you want to be. And this is where you really have to prioritize. So every week you need to complete an activity that's going to get you to your monthly goal. So in the losing weight example, you might need to, let's say, okay, I need a, I need to go for a 30 minute walk five times a week or whatever, right. Or walk five times a week. You, you'll, you'll figure it out. And, and you don't need to know, right. You don't need to get it right. The first time you might have to go through one week and, and realize, okay, that was not a good, that was not a good choice. I need to choose something else. Well, once you figure that out, you can then whittle it down to a daily task. And when you have all of your big goals whittled down to daily tasks, everything else becomes, it becomes really clear because now you've identified what you want. You've identified exactly what to do to get there. And then everything else that's not that is, is obvious. Now, of course, you have to keep in mind your glass balls and your rubber balls. So um, I always think of work as a rubber ball, business as a rubber ball. Why? Because you know, you don't, there's not only one way to make money. It's not finite. There will, there's no lack of, of different careers you can have in your lifetime, but you only have the one family. You only have your, your one body, your one soul. So you can very easily distinguish between the two. And then within those glass balls, there are little rubber balls. So like your relationship with your children is a glass ball. However, you know, actually making the cookies for the whatever bake sale versus buying them at the grocery store, like that can be a rubber ball. You don't always have to be right. 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 You know, you, you don't have to be perfect. You really, you, you never have to be perfect. So when, when it comes to that day-to-day stuff, you can look at something and be like, okay, is this urgent in the sense that it's like a fire, it's annoying and I should take care of it. Or is this like very important where it's going to get me towards one of my big, hairy, audacious goals and or it's it's nurturing a glass ball. So that's how I distinguish it. And sometimes it's really tempting to spend your whole day just putting out fires. But then at the end of the day, we've all been there where we're like, what did I do today? I was so busy, <laughs> but I didn't do anything. Oh, I have felt that way so many times. Somebody asked, what did you do today? And I couldn't even think like it didn't. It, it was just a million little things. But like you had said urgency that you had said a minute ago that urgency won't get you where you want to go. And sometimes I feel like my rear is on fire. Yeah. And, you know, I am I am jumping all the railroad tracks and breaking all the laws to get to all the places to do all the things. And some days it doesn't even feel meaningful. Like I took mm-hmm. two steps back. And, no, I totally hear you. I like the rubber balls versus the glass balls, that prioritization of what what counts most. What would you say to the mom who who has a problem even starting? Maybe it's perfection or, you know, something in her personality that she thinks that, you know, maybe I'll start another time when it's better. Or I have more resources. What would you say there? First of all, there's never going to be a better time. We're not even <laughs> guaranteed tomorrow. So we have to start now. And I always say start small, start itty bitty small. So if if it sounds overwhelming, so yeah, Nikki, it would be great to lose a hundred pounds, but getting there sounds like so paralyzing, overwhelming that I don't even want to get off the couch with my Doritos. I'll just stay here. Thank you. <laughs> How did you know? 
I would say like starting really small would be, I, I read this in, um, in the one thing book and it was a similar situation where there was a woman who, who knew that it wasn't losing weight, but she knew that physical activity was going to be the lead domino for improving everything else in her life from her business to her personal um, relationships. But she just, she couldn't get herself to the gym. So the one thing the the tiny thing, the way she started was, okay, I'm just going to put my gym clothes on by this time every day. I don't have to go anywhere. I just have to put them on. But of course, once she had them on, it was, it motivated her to actually leave and go to the gym. So it could be something that small. I coached a mom where her, her, the first way she started, it was also a weight loss goal, just coincidentally, uh-huh. was just taking her healthy, she, she was with a meal service and she's taking her healthy frozen meal for her family out of the freezer and putting it in the fridge so it was defrosted because that was going to give her more time to cook when she got home. She wouldn't have to wait to defrost it. She was going to be able to do that quickly, get dinner on the table sooner then she could go to bed sooner Then she could wake up earlier and then she could work out in the morning. So it can be something really, really tiny. Just ask yourself, what can I do? Not like, what should I do? What would it be nice if I was motivated to do this? No. What can you do? What is small enough that you feel like, all right, I can do it. So we dream big, but we have to act small because those it's just a, a series of small wins and one win begets another. And that's, it's just like a domino effect. That's how it works. Uh, so I, am, I always recommend start tiny, tiny. I am taking notes here. I love this. It's like a compound effect, right? Totally. That you said dream big, but act small. Yeah, sometimes it feels so overwhelming that I will go grab my Doritos to think about it, to think about <laughs> what I want and how I'm going to, you know, kind of pull back and make those um, make those goals count. So, yeah, there's a scripture in um, Psalms 90, verse 12, and it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think what you were saying earlier was make sure, you know, oftentimes we don't number our days, but you were saying um, oftentimes we're like, well, we'll do it someday or Monday or one day, you know, and there's never the perfect time. We've just got to make it happen. And if it's the losing the weight or it's wanting to go back to work after the kids have gone back to school, like whatever that is, it doesn't just affect us. It it affects our entire family. So, you know, if we're not healthy and then we end up in the hospital and then the little 12 year olds like, where's mom? You know, it's like, those are things that we have to think about it's not just about us so what would be like the first thing that we should do like how how do I get started to be the goal crusher but also not feel guilty about it what's my first step so your first step is to realize it's and this is again starting small is to literally just accept and wrap your mind around the fact that you have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. you have to take care of yourself because if you don't you won't be able to show up for anyone else. And we hear this airplane analogy all the time. And I'll just repeat it again because I think it's so true. The reason they tell you on an airplane to put your oxygen mask on first if the cabin loses pressure is because if you faint, you can't help anybody, right? You're no good. <laughs> exactly. You fainted. So you got to put your mask on first so that you can help others. To be selfless, you have to be selfish in some moments. You have to take that time for yourself. And setting goals for you, personal goals as, as mama, like the woman inside the mama, right? (laughs) Who I was before I became a mom, I was this ambitious woman with all these goals and dreams. Why does she have to disappear for 25 years until my kids are grown? She doesn't. 
taking that time to nurture that woman, to allow her to have her goals and dreams, to give her something that's hers outside of being mommy and wife is the way, one of the ways you take care of yourself. If you don't, eventually you will build up resentment. You will, you will stop feeling this joy and this vibrance about life that you used to have. And why should that be? Your kids learn from watching you. They learn they can do hard things by seeing you do hard things. And you know what else? Yeah. They, they learn from watching you settle. They see it when you don't go after goals. They see it when you sit on the sidelines, when you hide away, they're watching you. And so who do you want to be? How do you want to show up for your kids? Loving yourself teaches them to love themselves. It's not selfish. Don't feel guilty about it. I love it. Well, you know, in wrapping this up, when I was on your podcast, we talked about creating breathing room. So I Mm -hmm. want to encourage people to go out to the May 19th episode. I believe it's season two, episode 13 and check it out. You know, if you want to connect with Nikki, her name is at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I-O-D-E-N, or Facebook at Your Ideal Mom Life. Listen, guys, if this show has blessed you in any way, you can thank me by leaving a review over on Apple Podcast. Click subscribe. Look, if you want to take a screenshot of it, that would be awesome. And tag me on Instagram at Stephanie Plutka. So if you're in the Phoenix area, tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, I'll see you when the wind blows.